you have your Bibles, turn to John chapter 1. I'm going to continue this morning on the series I began a few weeks ago on authority. Authority. The power to influence. And I haven't even really got into dealing with the authority aspect of things. The Lord just keeps having me going back to understanding identity. And why is identity so important? Because if you don't know your identity, it's going to be difficult for you to operate in your authority. You know, I, I, I have to be confident that in my identity that God's called me to be a pastor. If I'm not confident in his ability to call me as a pastor, it's going to be hard for me to walk in that calling. So, so no matter what area of life, you need to understand your identity. Because out of understanding that identity is what produces the authority. And I also believe understanding your true identity in God will cause you to live and be victorious over all the things that you've had difficulty with in your life. You know, a lot of things, people keep going back to the same things that they never like or never enjoy because they've never really grasped what is my true identity. And so identity is so important. And, and so as we're talking about this, we've been, we've been talking in Mark chapter 4. You need to turn there just for the sake of time. But Jesus is with the disciples and they're going to the other side. Yes. And we know, we know as they're going to the other side, it says a hurricane storm, a, a storm of great proportion rises up. And we know why that storm was there. It wasn't just to see what they were made of, to see what was, their faith was all about. It wasn't so Jesus could say, look at you, you got little faith. It had nothing to do with Jesus pointing out their, their insufficiencies. It, it had to do with the fact that the enemy did not want them to get to the other side. Because if they got to the other side, there was someone over there that needed them. There was someone on the other side that was demon possessed, that was keeping 10 cities captive because of his, his oppression over that whole area. So the whole reason they went over there was for one man. And the enemy didn't want them going to get that one man because he wanted that whole area to stay bound. So what's keeping you from reaching your one man that might set a whole nation free? You see, the disciples were in the boat and, and they're fearful. The, the waters were going into the boat and, and, and they're starting. I can just see them. They're bailing water out. And they're, come on, come on. There's, there's 12. There's 13 in the boat. Come on. Where's the 13th? Jesus. Oh, he's asleep in the back of the boat. And they're fearful and they go to him and says, master, don't you care that we're perishing? See, that's the biggest things when we're going through difficulties in life is dealing with that emotion that God, do you care, care about me? Do you care for me? And Jesus, he, he gets up and he, he says, peace be still. He took authority over the storm. He looks at the disciples and, and, and he, and he says, talks about, you know, about their faith. So that let me know the disciples had the ability to do it. Meaning, why are you, why are you coming to me? You, you have to realize I've already given you all the power and all authority. What, what are you doing with it? What are you doing with it? And they, they sit back and they were in awe and they said, man, even the winds and the sea obey him. Because Jesus knew his identity. So often in scripture, we, we always view ourselves. I'm going to say we always do, but too often we view ourselves from Fallen nature instead of redeemed nature. We see ourselves from, from just barely getting by instead of realizing that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So we always see ourselves here and Jesus up here. But Jesus was made a man just like you and me. Some of you don't, don't agree with that. 
I'll, I'll show you here in a little bit. But you, we, have to, we have to understand this. And so too often, we like to see ourselves as the disciples in the boat instead of Jesus in the boat. We have to start seeing ourselves in the one in whom we were created in the image of. And that's why I dealt with last week in First Corinthians or Second Corinthians chapter three, where it says, "And we, with open face, beholding the image, the glory of God, are being transfigured and changed." So, as we're continuing with an open face, looking at His image, we'll be transformed in that image. So, what we need to do is, is with our identity, we need to see our new identity. We are new creations in Christ Jesus, and we need to look at Jesus. We need to look at Jesus and how Jesus responded to situations, how Jesus did certain things and not seeing ourselves as down here. Well, one day I'll get to be like Pastor Justin or one day I'll get to be like this or one day, you know, I'll be. No, no. When you got born again, you are the most righteous you'll ever be. You already have everything that you need on the inside of you. When you got filled with the Holy Ghost, you already have received complete power. But too often we see ourselves as as well, one day. One day, I, one, one day I'll feel that power. In my, one day I'll be good enough. One day I'll know enough word. One day I'll do it. So we never, we always put ourselves as in one day or maybe one day this will happen. And we do that. That's why the church, ha, in, in the, for the most part, and a lot of times has become powerless. And the believer has become powerless because, because the believer is often waiting for the minister to do something when God's created the believer to do something. Yeah. Hallelujah. I'm getting ahead of myself. But we have to continue to look at Jesus as our example. In, in uh, John chapter 1, verse 29, it says, The next day John, seeing Jesus coming unto him, said, Behold the Lamb of God, which takes away the sin of the world. Behold. Behold. The word behold is pay attention to. Look at this. It has the same connotation in Numbers chapter 21 when, when it, he told Moses to put the serpent up on the, on the pole in the wilderness and said all those that look at it would be healed. It's, a, it's, the, same, it's the same connotation. And, and so what does the word look at? It is to gaze at with an intense gaze, to look at steadily, to focus on. So he says, behold, look at, pay attention to the fact that he, the one coming, is the lamb is behold the lamb which takes away the sin of the world. He takes away the sin of the world. The sin problem has already been dealt with. Just because you're, 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 you haven't been perfected yet doesn't mean the sin problem hasn't been dealt with. If you're still having a sin problem, it's because you, you need to get with Jesus more. Behold, the lamb that takes away. The word takes there is to bear, to bear up, to bear the sins of the world. In verse 36, it says, and looking unto Jesus as he walked, he said, behold, the lamb of God that takes, behold, the lamb of God. So behold the lamb, pay attention to the lamb. So in our lives, you know what? We need to pay attention to the lamb. Why? Because he already bore our sin. He already bore our sickness. But as we look at Jesus this morning, I want you to see how Jesus was able to operate in authority. You can see he wasn't just behold the lamb that takes away the sin of the world in Revelations that says, behold, 
the lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world. So he's not just a a lamb that took away our sin, but we have to realize he was also the one that was slain. So, So Jesus came and how he was able to get to the place of slain was was a principle that we that I want to deal with this morning and it's and it's this this these two words all in yeah. say it with me all in all in a word another word we don't like to use I'm using the word all in because you might cut me off if I'd use the other word word submission <laughs> see, that's that's a word a lot of you don't like so see we like all in but 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 do we like the word submission you know, you know, children, submit unto your mother and your father, your parents. You know, well, I've got grace, brother. One of the same one that talked about grace talked about submitting to your parents. The same one that talked about grace said, said wives, submit unto your husbands. So yeah, and all the, all the men say, amen. amen. But also husband, it says, husband, wives, submit to one another. Say, everyone say, Amen. amen. It also says, submit unto the, the same one that wrote, wrote about grace also talked about submitting unto the elders of the church. Uh, see, too often, you, 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 some people are walking in chaos because they don't know how to submit to the elders of a church. You're like, that's bondage, pastor. No, it's freedom. It's freedom. It's freedom. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh. So all in. <laughs> See, Jesus, Jesus, he was the one that came. Behold, pay attention to him because he's bearing the sins of the world. But also he had to get to a place where he was the one that was slain. In order for him to do that, he had to be, say it, all in. He had to be all in. See, a lot of times we won't ever operate in the authority that we have on the inside of us because we refuse to be all in. Yeah. Now, and I'm not saying, well, well, pastor says, well, because I don't do this or I'm not in that. I'm not in ministry. I'm not doing this or I'm not volunteering the church or that, that I'm going to go to hell. I didn't say that. What I said is you'll never operate in the fullness of your authority that we have access to until you come to a place where you're all in. Where you are all in. Jesus had to be all in. Let's go to Philippians chapter 2. While you're turning there, think about this. In Hebrews chapter 12, it says, Wherefore us we seeing were surrounded about a great cloud of witnesses. We say, lay aside every weight and sin that so easily besets us. Running your race with Patience, looking unto Jesus, behold the lamb. See, we, we don't, we're not to stop beholding the lamb just because he already came. You need to continue to behold the lamb. Lay aside every weight and sin that so easily besets you and run your race. You have a race to run. I have a race to run. We all have a race to run. But you know what? We need to lay aside every weight and sin. Why do we need to lay aside every weight and sin? Because he already bore it. And how are we going to lay every, how, how are we going to run our race effectively? By looking unto Jesus, looking at Jesus, 
looking at his example, looking at the way that he did things, looking at how he responded in situations and how he dealt with circumstances. Laying aside every weight and sin, looking unto Jesus. Philippians chapter 2. Verse 5 says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. So let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. So the same way that Christ thought about things, we need to think about things. Isn't that right? Let, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. So we're looking into Jesus this morning, right? We're beholding the lamb. We're looking at the lamb. We're laying aside all these natural things and we're looking unto Jesus. So as we look unto Jesus this morning, it tells us here, let the same mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Wow. Get that. So let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Who being in the form of God, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Yeah. See, too often we, we, we still see ourselves as less than. Now, I'm not saying that you're God and I'm not saying that you're Jesus Christ. But I can say this, as you are made in his image, you're made in his form. So here it says, Jesus did not think it robbery to be considered equal with God. Right. Yes. Do you see yourself as equal with God? See, a lot of times in prayer, we see ourselves as, instead of seeing ourselves, I'm, I am made in his image. Yes. Jesus didn't think it was robbery. Verse 7, but it said, he made himself of no reputation, and he took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. And being found and fashioned as a man, he humbled himself, and he came obedient unto the death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore, God also highly exalted him. So here, what do we see Jesus doing? Jesus took down his rightful deity and he became like you and me and he humbled himself. What did he do? He submitted himself. He became all in. All in. He was all in. He was like, you know what? It doesn't about matter about my rightful deity. It doesn't matter the form that I've been created in. It doesn't matter. I'm going to submit myself. I'm going to submit myself. Now, now look at this. What, happens, what happened when he submitted himself? God highly exalted him and gave him a name that's above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in the earth and things under the earth. That every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Now, I'm not saying that God has given Rick the name above every name. I'm not saying that. The names are going to bow at the name of Rick. It's the name of Jesus. So I want you to make sure that you're getting this. I'm not saying that, that, that people bow at our name because we submit ourselves to God. That, that all of a sudden now he's given me a name that's but every, but every name. But when I submitted to God, he did give me a name above every name. And that name is Jesus. When I submitted myself to his lordship, he gave me his name. And hopefully I'll finally get in talking about the name next week. 
You need, to, you need to get a hold of this. If we're looking at Jesus, what did Jesus do? He submitted himself. He became all in. You know, there was no plan B for Jesus. There was no plan B. And, and oftentimes in our lives, in our Christian lives, we still keep options A, B, C, D, and E. But no, I'm looking at Jesus. I'm looking at Jesus. I'm looking at Jesus. Looking at Jesus. What did he do? He submitted himself. He brought himself under the word of God. When you submit to all in, there's an exchange that takes place. When Jesus humbled himself, it said God highly exalted him. There's always an exchange. God is never going to leave you less than. You know, that, that was a... That was really a big thought, really, the enemy, a stronghold the enemy had in my heart because I knew that, I, I, that God had a call on my life. I, I knew that God was real. I knew that God existed, but there was something on the inside of me that was, was I don't, what if I give up all this? What am I going to miss out on? And, and, and somehow, some way, you know, even, even when it comes to volunteering a church, some people will say, well, I don't want to really go all in because I don't want them to take advantage of me. The enemy will use all sorts of things to keep you from going all in. Yeah. Well, I, I don't, don't, you know, see, the thing is, when we submit, whatever we're submitting to in our lives, those areas can flourish. When, when a husband and wife submit to each other, that area can flourish. The moment that, that there's not submission in between a husband and wife, the moment that relation st- starts dying. So life is found when you can be all into something. And so often there's so many people around the world in Christian that people are born again, they're saved, but yet their life is still kind of floundering up and down. Not sure one day, one day up, the next day down. Why? Because there's been a refusal, so to speak, to really be all in. Because, see, there's an exchange. I'm telling you, when you go all in, when you go all in. Now, I'm not saying God's holding anything back from you. He, he's already given you everything. He's already given you grace. What I'm saying is, is when you don't go all in, you hinder yourself from walking in greater things. Because you don't allow his grace to overtake, be, become bigger than your fear. That's the biggest reason why people don't go all in because of fear. I, I remember, uh, you know, there was times when, when I, after I got saved and there was times I wanted, to, I wanted to pray for someone. But my thought was like, well, what, if they think, what would they think about me? And, and I would I almost have the nerve. I was in Walmart one time and, and I hadn't been serving God that long. And, and I was like, you know, and, and the Lord said, you need to pray for that person. And, and I, I, I walked four aisles over and praying in the Holy Ghost. I'm... I'm I'm going to pray in the Holy Ghost to pray for this woman. And, and, and I'd walk back two aisles. And, and I said, maybe she's gone now. Maybe she's gone. And she was still there. And, and I walked another three aisles. And I'm trying, to, I'm trying to figure out, oh, you know what? And I never did pray for that woman. I wish I had told you the Victoria story right then. But the thing is, is we've all been there. To bring ourselves under the word of God. To bring ourselves under Jesus' example. You will not miss out. Trust me. You will not miss out. I don't regret one day totally surrendering my life to God. I don't regret one step of leaving Maryland. 
on coming to Texas. I don't regret it at all. Let's look at 1 Peter. 1 Peter. First Peter chapter two. Actually, if you have a Bible like mine, if you look at verse thirteen and right above that, it says Christian submission. <laughs> Christian all in. There we go. But let, let's look at verse twenty-one. So if I if I read those uh, those verses there, I'll I'll get off on a rabbit trail. So let's. Let's stay on, on course this morning. Verse 21 says, For even hereunto were you called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that we should follow in his steps. Say, follow in his steps. Follow in his steps. See, he wouldn't have said it if he didn't mean it. And he wouldn't have said it if we couldn't do it. Right? Who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth. Who, when he was reviled, revealed, reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judges righteously. Committed. It's another word for all in. That we should follow his steps. But committed himself to him that judges righteously. He committed himself. He trusted God with his life. He trusted God with his future. He trusted God with, with his mandate that I've come to take away the sin of the world. He committed himself. Say all in. All in. You know, you're thinking, of, thinking about this. I preached along all in. This is another, another direction that I went. But I was thinking about this and I was reminded of a message I preached before and I talked about poker. <laughs> and, 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 you know, it's, I got the phrase all in, you know, it's like, I've got all these chips and I'm all in. But then you also have another thing called fantasy poker online. There's like 40 million people that play it, but you know what? It's easy to go to all in when it doesn't cost you anything. I'd go all in all day on every hand. If I, if well, I'm all in baby, I'm all in, but you know what? It's not my money. It's not my life. It's, it's make believe. You see, there's a lot of difference when, when those chips represent dollar bills and, and, it, and then all of a sudden it represents a computer image. There's two different things. And so, so all in, is, is, it, it is a step that we have to take. And you know what? And the enemy doesn't want you to make that step because it's going gonna, it's gonna to cost you something. What's it going to cost you? It's going to cost you trust. I'm not talking about the, well, the natural ramification. No, it's going to cost you trust. That's the only thing. That's the only, that's the only currency that we have when it comes to God is our trust. I don't pay him for anything. It's just my belief. I believe that he exists. I believe that he's true. I believe in the grace of God. I believe that he's enough. So, so the, so the biggest thing is going to cost you is for you to trust him because I'm telling you on the other side of it, you're not going to lack anything, but the thing is, it's going to cost you trust. All in Jesus was committed. He committed himself to him who judged righteously. We have to commit. We have to submit and we have to be all in because it's in our ability to submit and our ability to be all in that will cause us to operate in complete 
authority. Jesus was able to operate in perfect authority because he understood true submission. And when we truly get submitted and we truly understand submission, we'll operate in greater authority. I believe even in some of those areas as it pertains to our family, it pertains to the people we work with, the, the people we uh, are friends. I believe, uh, you know, uh, children with their par- parents. I believe when we separate in the natural submission, I believe we'll even see greater authority in, 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 in our life as well. Because the lack of submission always breaks down authority. And just look, look at the world today. The breakdown of authority has been a result of what? A lack of ability to submit. So how's this? How do we go all in? Yeah, it's, it can be, it's a choice. It's a decision. But what do I have to submit myself under? So the word submit means to bring yourself under something. To bring yourself under something. You see, Jesus, what did he do? He not just submitted himself by taking on, taking on a, 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 t- putting down his deity. But what, what did he submit to? He submitted himself to the word of God. Jesus quotes in the New Testament, he t- quotes the Old Testament 78 times. In Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Deuteronomy, Proverbs, Psalms, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Amos, Joel, Hosea, Micah, and Malachi. He, he talks about himself in 78 times. What was he doing? He was bringing himself under the word. That's why after he was anointed with the Holy Spirit and he came out of the wilderness and he stood up for to read and he said, what the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. What did he do? He just submitted himself to the word. He just went all in with the word. Many, I've been here for 30 years now. You know what? And it's about time for me to go all in. It's about time for me to go all in. So when he stood up and he read Luke chapter, and we see it in Luke chapter four, it's Isaiah 61, but it stood up and, and, and in Luke chapter four and he read that and what we're reading and he said that, what is it? He sat down. In the Messiah's seat. And he said, today, this is fulfilled in your ears. What was he saying? I'm all in. But what did he have to do? He had to submit himself to the word. You see, I, I can look at my life and I can see my greatest defeats and my greatest victories when it came down to when I submitted myself to the word. When I went all in with the word. How about Abraham? He, he, he had to submit himself to the word. What was the word that Abraham received? Go into, leave your father's nation, leave your father's house and go into a nation that I'll show you. And I will bless you. I'll make your name great and you'll be blessed to be a blessing. Just summarizing Genesis chapter 12, one through four. So, so th- th- that was great. The, 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 man, the blessing is great, isn't it, Joey? To make your name famous. Think about it. You know, that's, that's a great. We can rejoice in the promise. We can rejoice in what, what God made available. We can rejoice in it. But the thing is, is, is fulfillment never would have happened unless he departed. You see, he had to submit himself. He had to bring himself and he had to be all in with the word that God had declared over him. Leave your father's house. 
See, too often we want to go, we, we want to operate in authority. We want to do great things, but are we doing the last thing God told us to do? We have to be all in. You know, there's, there's another, and we see that Abraham did it, and God did amazing things through his life. How about another one? Um, how about the rich young ruler? There's, there's a couple examples we could use. But here, the rich young ruler, he comes running to Jesus, and he calls him, good master, good master, rabbi, rabbi, teacher. And he walks to him, and he says, what must I do to attain eternal life? He goes, well, keep the commandments. And he lays out all these commandments. He goes, well, well, I've kept these from my youth. And he goes, what do I still lack? What am I still missing? And he said, well, go sell all you have and give to the poor and come follow me. It wasn't, a, it wasn't some sort of badge for him to take on poverty. That wasn't, it wasn't a poverty. What God, what, this was a heart issue. This was a heart issue. And so God said, he said, sell what you have. And what he, he walked away sorrowful because he had great possessions. You see, Abraham had to submit to the word that was given to him. But yet the rich young ruler couldn't submit to the word that was given to him. What would have happened? Who would we have seen the rich young ruler in scripture to be if he said yes? See, he ran to him and he called him master, but he walked away because he wasn't Lord. You see, he couldn't submit to what Jesus was saying. So we have to bring ourselves under the word. So if we're going to operate in greater authority, we have to be all in. And please, this, this isn't about your works. Our, our works. <laughs> Walking in greater authority and having more power in our lives isn't going to come by greater works in the natural. It's going to come by understanding our identity. And the only way we can understand our identity is when we understand the word. Let's go to John chapter 15. Are you with me this morning? Some of you just kind of just listening real intently, right? Hallelujah. John chapter 15. So Jesus, in order for him to go all in, he had to, he had to be all in the word. He had to be submitted to the word. In John chapter 15, verse 1 says, I am the true vine and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that doesn't bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he purges it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now you're clean through the word which I've spoken to you. A lot of times, well, well God's just, you know, God's put me through this storm right now because he's trying to purge me. He, he's trying to purge. No, it says how he's cleaned. It says he's clean because of what? The word. The word is what purges your life. Verse 4, abide in me, and I in you, as a branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can you, except you abide in me. So if we're wanting, if we're wanting to gain and operate in great authority, we need, to, we need to look at Jesus, right? Yes, sir. And first of all, we see that Jesus is connected to the Father. If we go through the life of Jesus, and, and we, we look at all, all the things, he constantly looked to the Father. In John chapter 11, he, he's standing before Lazarus' tomb and he says, and looking up to heaven, he says, Father, I thank you that you hear me always. When he's about to feed the 5,000, he's about to break the bread and he looks up into heaven and he gives thanks. 
We see another time in John chapter 17, his, right before he leaves, he says, he goes, Father, he says, looking up into heaven, he speaks these things. And he starts going on and says, I finished down to the last deal, detail everything you told me to do. And so he's, he's going, what, what, why? Because he's constantly looking at the Father. He's constantly submitting himself to the Father, bringing himself unto the Father. Even in John, John chapter 5, he says, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself but what he sees the Father do. John 5.30 says, I can of my own self do nothing. I seek not my own will, but the will of the Father that sent me. That's all in. John 6.38, I came down from heaven to do not my own will, but the will of him that sent me. That's all in. John 14.10, do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The Father that dwells in me, he does the work. So what do we see when we're looking at Jesus? His connection with the Father. So if we're going to go all in and be submitted. We've got to bring ourselves under the word. And the word says, he, Jesus says, abide in me. Yes. Abide in me. Your identity is going to be found in him. Your identity is found in Christ. And then when we abide in him, it says that we'll bear much fruit. Verse 7, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you can ask what you will and it will be done unto you. See, when we submit ourselves to the word, look at that. My words abide in you. See, it's the same connection. When we, we're looking at him, looking at Jesus, don't look at your problem. Don't look at your circumstance. Don't look at your weakness. Don't look at your failures, but submit your life. Be all in. Look at him. Bring yourself under his word. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, his word abiding in us. You see... It's when you allow his word to abide, take root. And it's not memorizing scripture. But when all of a sudden the word that you're reading, all of a sudden it becomes a part of you and it's who you are. I know we're on three things of what the word does and why we need to bring ourselves under it. And it's this one, when you, when you submit yourself to the word, it reveals who you are. The second thing, when you submit to the word, it reveals the power that you've been given. And the third thing is when you submit to the word, it will define your mission. So when we go all in with the word, we understand who we are. When you go on with the word, you understand the power you've been given. And when you submit yourself to the word, you'll, your, your mission will be defined. Amen. And that, that's every single person across this world wants to know those three things. What am I all about? What abilities do I have? And what's my mission? I mean, when I submitted myself to the word of God, God defined those things in my life over a period of time. But I had to submit to it. I had to go all in with it. Let this word become a part of my life. It wasn't, okay, if I just spend so many hours of, of, of the day in the word, then, then I'm going to have this, this power that, G, that Pastor Justin... no. It's the word becoming a part of you Amen. to where it changes your thinking. That's why we with open face beholding in a glass, the image of the Lord are transformed, transformed into that image. It's not just reading more scriptures. It's allowing that scripture to change you. That's why so many people in the world have a hard time with the word because they want it to make sense up here. You know, I've had a lot of conversations with 
with, with different people that are, that are atheists and things like And the thing is that it's not going to work by trying to educate them up here because realize Paul told us plainly, you know, that the preaching is foolishness to them that don't believe. The Jews are looking for a sign and the Greeks are seeking wisdom. There's no difference today. It's the same thing. You have a group of people that just want to see a sign. And you have another group of people is, is educate me. And until I, if I can make sense in my head, then I'll, it'll never happen. Because it says Christ is the wisdom of God and the power of God. Christ is summed up. That's going to be the answer to the Jews. It's the only answer to the Greeks. He's the wisdom. Those need wisdom. And he is the sign to those. They need signs. But it's found in Christ. So a little side trail there. We have to bring ourselves under this word. Let's go to 1 John chapter 3. So when I submit myself to this word and it becomes a part of me, thank you, Father. I want, I want you to leave this morning with What's had to become a revelation to me as I've submitted myself to the word. And I haven't arrived yet. I'm still growing in grace. Still growing in the word. So grateful. Still learning as a pastor and how to lead. And God tells me, he says, by a certain time, we're going to have, by 2023, we're going to have 2,000 people. I'm like, Lord Jesus. You know. You're going to have a team of 500 people that go out and minister in our community every month. And, and, and so, so the Lord says, you need, you need to bring yourself, because it's not you. It, it's, it's the grace I place on your life that's going to cause it, not, not your, you and your ability. In 1 John chapter 3, so what are some of the things that I've had to learn and still growing in? Uh, 1 John 3 verse 1 says, Behold what manner the love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. The love the Father has for us. See, when you go all in with the word and you submit yourself to the word, you need to understand how much he loves you. See, when Jesus stood up and said, peace, be still, because he knew he was the son of God. He knew his identity. Therefore, the world knew knew us not because it didn't know him. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. Not someday, now. See, when you submit yourself to the word, this revelation needs to become a part of you that you are a son of God. Not someday, not one day, but right now you are. So to operate in authority, you have to submit yourself to this word saying that you are and knowing that you are a son of God. Verse, and it keeps saying, and it does not yet appear what we shall be. Meaning we don't know everything about what we're becoming. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. You see, so as I keep, when I bring myself under the fact that I'm a son of God and I allow my sonship to transform my thinking, what's going to happen when he comes, I'm going to see him. And it says, and it says, I'm going to see him as he is. It says, I'll be like him. So when you submit yourself to your, the word and submit yourself and go all in with the word, what you're submitted to is the fact that you are a son of God and you are like him. You are like him. So behold the lamb. Look at the lamb. You need to realize that you're like him. See, when you, when you go to pray for someone 
and you lay hands on them, you're not, uh, uh, you're not laying hands on them as Ethan. You're laying hands on them as, as, as him. You're laying hands on him as a son of God. When you're witnessing to someone in the street or as God directing, you're talking to a friend and, and you're ministering to them one-on-one, talking to them, whether it's just relationship, how are you ministering to them? I'm ministering to them as a son and I'm ministering just as he would minister to them. See, so it, the word can't just be something I quote. No, it has to become a part of you. And we, the church doesn't operate in authority to the level it should because we don't truly know who we are. When we submit to, submit to the word, we understand that we're sons of God. The second thing I, learned, I had to learn is, let's go to Acts chapter 1. When I submit myself, the first one is submitting myself to the word. And John says, I'm submitting myself to the fact that I'm a son of God. The next thing, when I, when I submit to the work of the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 1, verse 7 says, and it, shall not, and it is not for you to know the times of the season which the Father had put in his own power, but you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem, in all of Judea, in Samaria, in the uttermost parts of the earth. So here we go. When we submit to the word, what I'm doing, and I see, read this scripture, now submitting myself to the work of the Holy Spirit. I'm submitting myself to the work of the Holy Spirit and everything the Holy Spirit is. So when we talk about submitting to submitting today and being all in, what am I saying? Let's submit ourselves to the word. I'm a son of God and I'm submitting myself to the work of the Holy Spirit. So when you're, when you're out in the world doing things and going, doing your day-to-day business and day-to-day things, you have the Holy Spirit, the work of the Holy Spirit on the inside of you, the same Spirit that rested upon Jesus. The same Spirit that was on Jesus is not only with you, but that same Spirit is in you. So when you're, at, at, when you're talking to someone at work, now you have the gifts of the Spirit in operation. Now, now, you, have, now you have gifts of healings and, and working as a miracle. You can have insight and discernment, and you have all these things going on. So, so when we, but you had to submit to the fact that the work of the Holy Spirit... It's not about just in witnessing to anyone. No, I'm a son of God. And the work of the Holy Spirit is in me. So going all in is really, it comes down to this. It's like, it's just and no longer exists. I'm a son of God. And the Holy Spirit is working through my life. The third thing. When I submit myself to the the word of God, I'm submitting myself to the call of God. In Ephesians 2.10, you don't need to turn there. It says, we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. You're his workmanship. You're his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. So when I submit myself to the word, now I realize I'm his workmanship, and I'm created for good works. Thank you, Father. So when you go all in and you submit to the word, you see that you're a son of God. You see that you have the work of the Holy Spirit. And the third thing is you see that you have a call of God. 
Matthew 28, I read it last week, and we'll, we'll continue to visit it again. But he, Jesus tells them, all power and authority is given unto me. Go, therefore. Make disciples. Cast out devils. Lay hands on the sick. They'll recover. They'll speak with new tongues. So, so when I bring myself under Matthew 20, 28, I'm submitting myself to the call. That call is for every believer. For in, in my personal life, I had to get into the word and, okay, I'm, you called me to a, be a pastor. What does that look like? Okay, I have to bring myself and go all in with the word. What does that mean? He says, I place gifts in the body. Apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers. Okay, so what do I do? I equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. So as a pastor, I'm supposed to equip you so you do the work of the ministry. I'm not supposed to go do the work of the ministry and you come in here and just hear me teach. I'm equipping you this morning whether you know it or not. I'm equipping you to inherit your destiny. I'm equipping you for what God placed in you before you, when you were in your mother's womb. I'm placing things in you. Why? Because I submitted myself to the call as a pastor. And the word says I'm to equip the saints for them to go do the work of the ministry. So when you submit yourself to the word, you know you're a son of God. When you submit yourself to the word, you understand the work of the Holy Spirit. When you submit to the word, you understand the call of God on your life. And I could go on and on. I just want to deal with one more. When you submit yourself to the word, you submit to the grace of God. And when you submit to the grace of God, you submit to the righteousness of God. Let's go to Romans chapter 5. And I'll close with this. I think I'll close with this. Like, I know you, Pastor. Come on. Romans chapter 5, verse 17. So when I go all in and I submit to the, under myself under the word of God, verse 17 says, For if by one man's offenses death reign by one, much more they that receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. Because of one man, because of death, by one man death reigned. Who was that? It's talking about Adam in the very beginning in Genesis. Because of what Adam and Eve did in the garden, death reigned. Now, this word reigned, I want you to see this. It's kingly authority. It's kingly power. But in the Greek, there's a metaphor that goes along with this word. And, and the metaphor is this. It's to operate in the greatest level of influence. So what is authority? It's to operate in the greatest level of influence. So when we see the word reign, let's look at this. By one man's offenses, death became the greatest level of offense because of one person. Influence. Much more, they that receive, receive. The word receive, another word for receive, you could say is submit to. When, when if I give a, a gift to Ethan, what is he doing? He's receiving it. He's submitting to it. Much more, they that receive submit to the abundance of grace. And the gift of righteousness shall reign in life. Shall reign in life. Shall reign in life. Not reign in heaven. Shall reign in life. Shall reign in life. Shall reign in life. 
We don't need to, we don't need to necessarily to have authority in heaven. We already will have it there. No, reign in life. Reign in life. By one, Jesus Christ. So what happened is we operate in the greatest level of influence when we receive this grace and this gift of righteousness. But you know what? We got to submit ourselves to it. I submit to this grace. Say that with me. Father God, I submit to the abundance of grace. Say, I submit to this gift of righteousness. I am righteous. I go all in. My identity is in Christ. And because of that, I have authority. I have kingly power. I operate in the greatest level of influence in this life. Hallelujah. Because I submit to the word. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for your word today. Thank you. We, we submit ourselves to this word. We, we go all in this morning, Father. We go all in this morning. We go all in and receive that we're sons. We go all in this morning and receive the work of the Holy Spirit. We go all in this morning and realize you have a call on our life. And we go all in this morning and we receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. Thank you, Father. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Everyone stand to your feet. But I'm, I need to go to another script, one more scripture. Thank you, Father. John chapter 10, verse 25. Jesus answered them, I told you, and you believe not. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. But you believe not, because you're not of my sheep. As I said to you, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And that's, that's, that's such a word of all in. <laughs> I know them and they follow me. So when you sum, we submit to the word of God, we realize that we have the ability to hear his voice. My sheep hear my voice. And I know them. Thank you, Father. Man, I lo- love just the heartbeat of the Father. The heartbeat of Jesus. It says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them. And that's such a word of intimacy. Such a word of, they're mine. Submit this morning to the fact. Go all in in the fact that you're his this morning. And if you're not his, get his. If you're not his, in a moment I'm going to give you an opportunity to invite Jesus into your life. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life. And they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Wow. 
neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. No nat- natural thing. Actually, the word man isn't in the original text because it's an italic. So it's really, neither shall any pluck them out of my hand. Anything shall pluck them out of my hand. My sheep hear my voice. I know them by name. And they follow me. Man, that's, that, they follow me. That's, I'm all, they're all in. They're following me. They're following me. Thank you, Father. And I give to them eternal life. Receive it this morning. Go all in to your eternal life. Receive it. Submit yourself to, to this this morning. It says, they shall never perish. Neither shall anything pluck them out of my hand. Verse 20, my father, which gave them me, (laughs) is greater than all. And no man is able to pluck them out of my father's hand. Now, Now, get this. We're in Jesus' hand, and he says nothing will pluck them out of my hand. Now, get this. My father is greater than all, and nothing is able to pluck them out of my father's hand. So, look, at we're in Jesus' hand. The Father is greater than all, and nothing shall pluck them out of my Father's hand. So if we're in Jesus' hand, and Jesus is in the Father's hand. Hallelujah. And verse 30 says, I and my Father are one. Look at Jesus. It was his submission and going all in with the Father. Your ability to submit to Jesus this morning and go all in with Jesus will cause you to be right in the middle of his hand, right in the middle of his plan for your life, right in the middle to discover what God has for you. Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for your word today. We receive it as a challenge. Because I believe when we submit to this word and we submit to our identity in the word, we will operate in the authority that the world is longing to see. Since the Lord just telling me in the heart, of, when you leave here today, make it a practice to stir up the gift. And make, a, and make it just a determined declaration that revival follows you. Make a determined decision that, that everywhere you go, light goes. Everywhere you go, peace goes. Everywhere you go, Jesus is going. Everywhere you go, <laughs> stir up the gift. Stir up the gift. I just have such an expectancy over these this last half of this last part of the year and on to the next year. There's God's doing a work. I'm not going to start talking about it yet, but I believe that there's something the Lord is doing here. And thank you, Father. If you receive the word and His presence, you give Him a shout of praise and thank Him for His goodness. Hallelujah. Thank you all. Thank you, Jesus.
Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You all can be seated.